Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Well, welcome back to our study of the book of Proverbs. We're in chapter 2. We've done verses 1 and 2. Now we're going to look at verses 3 and 4. And let's uh, begin by reading our text, and we'll read from verse 1 all the way to, uh, to verse 11. And remember, listen. <laughs> Learn to listen. Discipline yourself to listen. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. And he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I I want so much, Lord, for for these young people to be protected and blessed. Oh dear God, I am I'm not praying because that's what you do at the beginning of a lesson. I'm praying because Lord, I so desire that they would know your joy, your life, your strength, your comfort, your protection, that you would become their strong confidence, their, their shield, that they would not be afraid of difficult days because they trust in their God. Oh, dear God, bless them, prosper them with true prosperity, the knowledge of your Son, a peace that passes all understanding. Teach them, Lord, to walk in the the way that is right. But most of all, Lord, grant them the greatest gift that can be given to a, a young man, a young woman, a boy, a girl. Give them a special heart, a heart that uniquely, deeply, loves your son and appreciates his work of redemption on Calvary. Above all things, Lord, give them this. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, I would rather have you with a heart for Christ than all the gold of this world. Um, I would rather have you with a big heart for Christ than a big ministry. Choose what is best. 
Now, I've been talking about listening and being attentive, and and I was thinking um, when my daughter Rowan was uh, ten years old, uh, she went hunting for the first time, and uh, hey guys, I don't want to offend you or anything like that, but girls who hunt are usually better at it than the guys. Um, she was sitting there up in the tree. She was listening to every sound. She was looking at every shadow, every movement. I mean, it was, I told her, I said later, I said, you know, you look like a bird of prey sitting up there in the tree. I, I've never seen anyone so focused and so intent on finding a deer. And she did. Um, but that gives you a good illustration of what we're talking about. Have you ever just been so focused? Hopefully you'll not say to me, yes, I'm like that every time I play a video game. <laughs> Again, there's nothing wrong with playing some video games, but it, it is bad when all of a sudden it becomes a controlling factor in your life and you focus more on that than anything else. Focus is important, but you focus on that which you realize is most important to you. So please, that's why I prayed the way I did, that that Christ would become most important to you and that his word would become most important to you. And then you will fight through every obstacle. You know, every bit of apathy, every time your mind wanders, you'll fight your way back to studying his word and to obeying it. Now, we uh, have talked about making our ear attentive, of course, inclining our heart. Verse two. Now we're going to talk about prayer in verse 3, and uh, he says, For if you cry for discernment and lift your voice for understanding. Prayer. L listen to me. Um, the two greatest things you need are the two things that your flesh hates the most. The study of Scripture and private secret prayer. Now, we've talked about the study of Scripture quite a bit, but, but let me share with you something. The Scripture is a very, very profound pool. And no matter what you know, you can know more. And there are great complexities and great things to figure out in the Scriptures. And to do that, you need God's help. So you're not going to become a student of the Word. You're not going to become wise uh, by reading alone, by meditating alone. Like in all things, you must ask for God's help, for God's grace. And that's what this passage is about. So how do we find wisdom, understanding, knowledge? We study God's word, but we study God's word in an attitude of prayer. And not just an attitude, a work of prayer. Prayer is important. Now, I want us to go to uh, look at two passages that are very important whenever we're dealing with the subject of praying for wisdom. And the first one is found in 1 Kings. So go with me in the Bible to 1 Kings. So we're going to go to the left and go to uh, chapter 3 and look at verse 7. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7. And we're going to, we're going to look at Solomon. Now, Solomon is the primary author of the book of Proverbs. So how did he get this way? How did he have such wisdom? Well, if we start in verse 7, it says, chapter 3, 1 Kings. Um, I hope you're there. 
Now, O Lord, my God. And see, he's acknowledging here. This is, he has a relationship with God. It's not just Lord. It's not just God. It's my Lord, my God. And I hope you can say that because you need to settle that issue first. Is he your God? And if he is your God, he will be your Lord, your sovereign, the one to whom you submit. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me your servant. You have made your servant king in place of my father, David. He's got some pretty big shoes to fill, doesn't he? It's an impossible task. And yet I want you to see something in reality, young person. Listen to me. All tasks are impossible. You and I can't breathe apart from the power of God. We can't. And so we constantly need to be crying out to him for greater and greater wisdom. And he says, yet I am but a little child. Not only does Solomon acknowledge the task is impossible, but he also acknowledges that he's not capable. I wish we would learn to do that in absolutely everything. Lord, help me to be an obedient son, an obedient daughter. Do you realize that's a supernatural task? Do you realize it requires God's wisdom and God's power, God's grace? Do you realize that you not only need to study the word to learn how to be an obedient son or daughter, but you need the power to carry out the commands you learn? And that's through prayer. So he's acknowledging the task is too big for him. And he's acknowledging humbly that that he's not up to the task. He's needy. He says, I do not know how to go out or come in. Young person, that's why we're studying Proverbs. I don't care how uh, streetwise you think you are, how clever you think you are, or maybe you've got one of those winsome, clever personalities. It doesn't matter to me. You do not know how to go out and you do not know how to come in unless you are a diligent student of the Word of God who's applying what you study. And he says this, your servant That's an issue you need to settle. You see, you, you, you don't seek to be an obedient son or an obedient daughter just for no reason. You do it because it honors your father and your mother, of course, but you do it for an even higher reason. You're a servant of God, and it's what God commands of you. Young person, if you're a Christian, you are a servant of God. And, and every part of your life must be directed by what he has commanded. Don't fall into the error of doing what is right in your own eyes. It's a very dangerous thing. Just read the, the book of Judges and you'll see that it was a mess because that's what everyone did. And not only do you need to wear some Christian T-shirt that says, you know, doulos tuteo in Greek or I am a servant. I'm, you know, God, I'm a servant of God. It's a lot more than that. To be a servant of God, you've got to know what God demands and then submit your life to it. And so he says in verse 8, Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. He, he's been, he has a relationship with the people of God. Now, in this case, he's king. But you have a relationship with the people of God. And, and God's people are very precious to him. If you're a child of God, young person, listen to me. You're precious to God and God wants people treating you properly. But I want you to think about something. 
Your mother and your father are people of God and they're precious to God. And God demands that you treat them properly along with your brothers and sisters and people in your church, unbelievers and even your enemy. And the only way you can know how to deal with those things that are precious to God, that mean a lot to God, is through studying his word and prayer, as we're going to see here in a moment. Now, he says in verse nine, so give your servant an understanding heart. There's not a lot of words here, but they are profound. And, and this should be this should be a motto of your life, young person. I mean, I don't know, maybe get out a notebook and write it down 1000 times. He's saying, give your servant an understanding heart. To judge your people, to discern between good and evil. Now, if you're a young person, you have not been set up to judge people, your parents. And what he's talking about here is not so much judgment in a court of law as it is rule and make proper decisions. Your parents need to pray this, that's for sure, because they have to make proper decisions with regard to you and, and the family. At the same time, you do need the ability to discern between good and evil. He says, so give your servants an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil. To weigh things in a balance, to study them carefully. You know, when I was in Peru, there were many times I visited a group of people called the Aguarunas. And they lived on the Marañón River, primarily, in a place called Departamento Amazonas, uh, the Department of the Amazons. And they were a quiet people. And, and sometimes I would sit there and watch them and I would see a man sitting there and, and maybe just watching a bird or, or watching the river or, or something just very, very still, very quiet. And you could tell that he was weighing things in his mind, especially after he heard the gospel or he heard something in a Bible study that we were doing. You could see that they would sit down and think, is this true? Should I follow it? Well, as Christians, more so, we should do something like that. It's the ability not to, to jump at things rashly or be like most people today, carried by their emotions or carried by whatever the news says. But to actually look at real facts of a situation and weigh them in the balance and determine if I do this, it is good. But if I do the other, it is evil. He says, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Now, you're not judging a great people, but I will say this. Who is able to discern between good and evil? Certainly we are not. I am maybe, I don't know, four times older than you, three or four times older than you. And I will confess to you, I am not able in my own power and my own wisdom to discern between good and evil. But bringing and applying the word of God, if I have any wisdom, that's where it comes from. And so look, look at what we need to do here. We see this so clear, don't we? First of all, we acknowledge this task is impossible. Making it through this world unscathed, honoring God is impossible. 
we're not up to the task is another thing that we recognize. I don't care how old or wise you think you are, you're but a child compared to the wisdom of God. You're not able to do this on your own. So what do you do? You cry out to God and say, give me an understanding heart. When you're reading the word of God, when you're studying the word of God and you go, I don't understand this. Then you cry out for an understanding heart. And maybe after you do that, you're still not going to understand. That's where diligence comes in. That's where th this is not, you know, one of the things that's a problem with, with video games is you have immediate gratification. With the scriptures, that's not true for the most part. You're going to look at a passage. You're going to cry out for understanding. You're going to go back to it. You're going to cry out some more. You're going to study it some more. Maybe you go to the pastor, go to your father, go to your mother, ask for help. You, you need to know to understand, and it's hard work. So look what God says in verse 10. It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Can you imagine a young person who's just filled with himself, filled with herself, asking God for an easy life, for wealth, for riches, uh, for fame, for notoriety, to be the most beautiful, to be the strongest? Um, that, that isn't the kind of thing God honors. But can you imagine a young woman a child, even a young, young boy, a child alone in their room with their Bible down on their knees and saying, God, I, I, I don't ask to be big or strong or rich or powerful or famous. But what I want is I want to know the peace of being reconciled with you through your son, Jesus Christ. And then I want to be a man or a woman. I want to be a teenager. I want to be a, a youth that has a heart that, that seeks you because it loves you, because it recognizes that uh, everything apart from you just doesn't make any sense at all. Do you think God will honor a prayer like that? I most certainly think he will. All right. So look, it says in verse 10, it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life. Nor have asked riches for yourself, nor um, have you asked for the life of your enemies but you asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your word. Look how easy it is for God. Bam, it's done. I'll do it. And he says, behold, I've given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days. So, so God blessed him in the right thing he asked for. But God's grace always superabounds. It goes even further. And then, then look, here's a condition, though, young person. A condition that Solomon, as far as we know, did not keep toward the end of his life. And it caused great harm. 
says, if, remember we had an if when we started chapter 2 of Proverbs. If you walk in my ways, keep my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. If. You know, it's an amazing thing that um, that God God is all sovereign. And as we've already discussed time and time again, our salvation is the work of God through the work of Christ. We add nothing to it. We take nothing away from it. It is by faith. It is it is grace alone. Yet at the same time, I want you to know that you should hold into the tension, the fact that you can make decisions you can do things or not do things that will affect your life, either for blessing or, or for, for difficulty, for trial. And toward the end of his life, um, what did Solomon do? Well, it seems as his heart was lifted up because he did many of the things he wasn't supposed to do. You know, um, so many gathering horses and chariots and building huge buildings and seemed like he was starting to develop the spirit of the pagan king Nebuchadnezzar. But also he started associating with not just women, but also men who were foreign. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, there are some people because they come from a certain nation, we should avoid them. That's that's not what this means at all. Um, what it means is he started associating associating with people who uh, they did not follow the God of Scripture. They followed other false gods and they follow, followed other rules that weren't really rules at all. They gave themselves to, to immorality, to the lust of their flesh, to wickedness. And Solomon's heart was drawn away. He was drawn away by these people. And that's why we're going to see all the way through the book of Proverbs. We're going to see over and over again that our associations are going to... Oh, excuse me. I've got a phone call coming here. That our associations um, can be very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. And they can either be for blessing or they can be for danger and for ruin. So hold on to that. Because look how Solomon started. I mean, look how he started. It was wonderful. And through a great portion of his life, Look how he lived in the wisdom of God. And through him, we have wisdom. But look how he finished, or it seems as though he finished. We hope that there was something in the end of his life that brought him repentance, but we just don't know. And we don't want that for you. We don't want you to come to the end of your life where people say, I just don't know how it was with them and the Lord. I want you to live a life where it's very clear how it was with you and the Lord, that you trusted in his son and his son was your boast and that you sought throughout all the days of your life to grow in wisdom. All right. Well, in the next study, I'll try to make sure the phone is off. But uh, please, please look at the example of Solomon. Now, in the next study, we're going to go over to the book of James and look at prayer with regard to asking for wisdom and that we ought to ask for wisdom without doubting the character of God and his willingness to give it. So God bless you and uh, may you have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by Heart Cry Missionary Society. 
Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about Heart Cry Missionary Society.